Welcome to Future Docs Podcast. My name is Dr. Mizani. I'm a family physician and the chief clinical officer here at AC Medical and your co-host of Future Docs Podcast. And I'm your other co-host, Cody Fan, a healthcare writer and editor at AC Medical. As always, I invite you all to watch the video form of this podcast by going to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash acmedical.org. Today's episode, episode 30, using public resources to strengthen your application. To start us off, Dr. Mazzani, what public resources are actually out there that are valid enough to be utilized to strengthen your application? It's a really good question because I always have to check myself when I'm giving advice to make sure that uh, whatever I'm saying is supported by you know primary source references. You know, we're not going to get into an extreme amount of detail with all the public resources, but I think a couple that that are very very helpful, and you definitely have to go in and take a look at. One is the publications and the researchers that are put online on nrmp.org, and the second one is the collaborative work that's put together by AAMC. AACOM, ACGME, American Medical Association, ECFMG, Federation State Medical Board, NRMP, National Board of Medical Examiners, National Board of Osteopathic Medical Examiners, they all got together and they put together the system called Residency Explorer. This Residency Explorer tool is available for free to anybody with a MyERAS account. So if you got your token and you, you have a MyERAS account where you're filling out your ERAS application, make sure you go to residencyexplorer.org and explore that 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 website. We'll, we'll talk more about it in just a moment. Okay, that gives me two questions for you, but I'll take it one question at a time. First off being, what is the NRMP program data that you just referenced? So NRMP, so you just go to nrmp.org and right up on top there is data and reports. And there's two tabs that is really important. One is residency, one is fellowships and there's archives, et cetera, but just click on residency. That's what the majority of you are, are, you know, here for. And there, there's, there's a lot of publications. Now it's kind of hard. Initially it's kind of intimidating just going through these numbers and you don't really know how does this even apply to me, you know, because the, the, the fundamentals of, you know, why somebody is a match reapplicant and why they haven't gotten in is different for everyone. So it's going to be a little bit challenging without having that baseline knowledge of what happened to you and what really needs to happen. It's hard to make sense of this data as it applies to you. So assuming that you have a really good mentor or you're an AC medical member and you, you've gone to your strategy session with us and or you come into office hours, I would direct you to NRMP's data and report on program director survey. There's a new one that they've uh, published. It's called uh, Impact of Virtual Experiences on the Transition to Residency. It's a really, really good article, which uh, we've lately been really enjoying reading. And so the, 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 the two articles, which I think are significant, that you should take a look at. One is the NRMP results of the 2020 program director survey. That's the first one. And then secondly is charting outcomes. Now, if you're a U.S. medical senior, there's one for you there. If you're an osteopathic senior, there's one for you. And then for all of our international medical graduates, there's a charting outcomes chart there too. Again, lots of numbers, lots of charts. How do you make sense of it? I think a couple of things that I want you to look at uh, when you open up charting outcomes, take a look at the specialty you're looking to apply. If you're thinking of applying to multiple specialties, Look to see what happens when you apply to you know people that have two or three or four specialties ranked in their rank order list. And, and then you may want to think twice about applying to multiple specialties. When you're looking at program director survey, look at the, the behaviors of program directors from one specialty to the next. So look at the overall numbers and then look at each specialty by itself. The green column, you know, it's the, the first impression factor, right? What kind of gets them interested. And then the blue column is what maintains their interest and what pushes them to use that 
whatever you presented to them to give you an interview. So that's how you evaluate it. And hopefully this is helpful to you as you're going through these documents. Now, what is Residency Explorer, if you don't mind going more in depth? I love this. Uh, and I think this is this, this, I call it an app, but it's, it's a, a really a fantastic resource. And what it does is, you know, we always make assumptions of what, you know, what is needed to get an interview or to, to match into this program. And I, I'm so tired of hearing that you have to have a, you know, 240 or 250 on your USMLE step two CK just to get considered. And that may be your experience, but maybe that's not the only issue in your application. And so that was my hypothesis, right? Because I've, I've, I've been in admission committees. I've you know, mentor thousands of, of residency candidates. And my experience has not always been that individuals with really high scores get in and, and they stay in. It's not been that. So Residency Explorer came out. And what Residency Explorer claimed is that, look, this is all from primary source data. This this is directly from, you know, NRMP data, ECFMG data, Federation State Medical Board data. So they looked at the makeup of their residents in thousands of residency programs. And they gave us you know, you know, a, a column by column of where each one of these programs, how their residents rank when it comes to the USMLE scores. You know, if their score is, you know, 200 or less, how, what is the percentage of residents that have scores of 200 or less and they still match there and their residents there? You know, how many of them have visa sponsorship? And, and so it, it's got some really, really nice detailed data. And what it does is that it tells us that that our former thoughts, not mine, but a lot of the recommendations that were given is, you know, were, were not actually what panned out to be. So take a look at Residency Explorer. Just keep in mind, you only get three tries at inputting different USMLE scores. I made that mistake once. And once you do that, then it freezes. You cannot change it anymore. So put your true USMLE scores in there. And then if you want to play some hypotheticals, if you haven't taken one of the USMLEs, you know, just make sure that you don't over try it because that's going to freeze it but it's just really fantastic and and you put your data in there and then you'll get to see which programs the residents most likely look like you not from facial perspective but you know from the demographic perspective and and your overall residency application perspective so evidently there's a lot of information to be taken in if i were a future doc who was unaware of all of these resources available now how do I make the best use of all this information? How do I make sure that I can cater this toward my application, towards interviews, and towards matching thereafter as well? In my office hour today, I had you know five of our members were there, and uh, three of our members are are in a type of membership that they just you know they they get get a one time access into our uh, office hour. And the reason why we do that one time access is just so that we can help kind of open their eyes a little bit about you know what what real mentorship is about and and what could they potentially not have been thinking about. You know, it's it, the common thing that happens is whenever we have members that are there and they, they only have that one time access, they have a lot of questions. Obviously, they have a lot of questions and, and they, they, you know, we answer and then there's another one and then there's another one, and then there's another one. My recommendation to all of you that are that are going through this and you get this just barrage of data, which are really, really helpful, is get expert help to help you go through it step by step. And that's what we try to do at AC Medical. So we want you to just keep coming to our office hours as members, come to the office hours, take advantage of it one time, two times a week so that we can keep breaking this down as it relates to you. So the take home message is don't get overwhelmed by it. And if you can't figure it out, get help, 
come to us. You can even try us out for free, you know, and uh, so just go to acmedical.org, try us for free and, and you can schedule a meeting with us and, and we'll, we'll help you out. And I want to thank you for your time thus far, Dr. Mazzani. And that concludes this Future Dogs podcast episode. Once again, if you are listening to the podcast, be sure to watch the video form on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash acmedical.org. Yeah, and thank you so much, everybody, for, for coming here. If you have any questions, please email us at podcasts at uh, acmedical.org, and, and we love answering your questions. And if you have any ideas for future podcasts, please let us know. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you, Cody. Thank you, Dr. Mazzani. And for our future docs, we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.